Judy says like, you know, you really should, um, like meditate (laughs) to, you know, kind of work through your, work through your problems. And she goes, oh, I meditate in my own way. And then it cuts to the scene where she's like jamming out to like, like hardcore metal music. And it's so funny. And Judy's just looking at her like, Uh, okay. Okay. Welcome to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Allison. Today we have an amazing Netflix original series that uh, both Allison and I watched and really wanted to review. It just came out on May 3rd, so it's only been out for just about a month. It is called Dead to Me, and um, hopefully you guys have heard of it by now because it's been... Uh, there's been a lot of buzz about it. Uh, it stars Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. James Marsden is in it as well. Um, a couple other cameos, but um, this show is hilarious. I nobody even told me about it. I think I just saw like a trailer for it on Netflix, and I was like, "Well, I love Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. I'm gonna watch this show. This sounds amazing." It's ten episodes long. Each episode is like like only like thirty minutes, so you can fly through this show. Yep, it's hysterical i love it it's a very dark comedy though yes. it's not like a goofy fun like wine country wine country had some dark moments but this is a dark comedy it centers yeah. around the fact that christina applegate's character jen her husband was killed in a hit and run mm-hmm. and her and linda Cardellini, who is judy they meet at a grieving group yeah there's definitely a lot of uh, some dark jokes and uh what I really love about it is there's also some, like, really good acting, like, really serious acting from uh, Christina Applegate specifically. There's a lot of scenes where, you know, she has these breakdowns. Like, I think it does a really good job of, like, I've never lost um, a spouse or, frankly, anybody that I was that intimate with before. But from what I've heard from people who have um, that you know, the grief process, I think she does a great job of depicting that. Um, So there's definitely some, you know, it's funny and there's also some, you know, more serious moments, but all around just really good story and uh, definitely, definitely worth the watch. So we're going to review that one today. Obviously, spoilers ahead. There's definitely a lot that goes on in this show. So uh, if you haven't watched it yet, or if you're not finished with it yet, uh, turn this off and, uh, pick it back up once you finished all 10 episodes because you're in for a ride. So as I said, the story starts off with um, actually, you know, Jen, she uh, gets a casserole from her neighbor and, you know, her neighbor says, there's a lot of really uh, funny and well-delivered lines um, that kind of walk that fine line of comedy um, and just being kind of straight up offensive and mm-hmm. you know the neighbor says I can't imagine what you're going through and she's like well it would be like Je- if Jeff got hit by a car ran over and then you didn't know who did it or you know something along <laughs> those lines and um, you know Jen is a, a real estate agent in Laguna Beach which is where the show takes place and she decides to go to this grief group for people who have had a loved one move on to the other side. 
mm-hmm. depart earth i should say and um at this grief group she kind of thinks it's a bunch of you know whatever bullshit and uh she meets judy there who says that her boyfriend died as fiance well. fiance died yes. and um you know judy is very tries to get very close with her and says oh can i give you a hug and um jen is very um standoffish a little bit and just is like nope i don't i'm not here to make friends i don't even want to be here I'm, she's kind of being like forced to be there i love the contrast in these two characters like their personalities like jen is so hard and uh kind of uh, negative well not kind of she's she's a pretty negative person and i don't even think it's just from losing her husband like she just seems like kind of a like a rough around the edges woman she's very crass she uh swears a lot um and i she's just not you know your typical mom you know she's very she's not warm no or like cozy or um, maternal in that in a sort of traditional way that a lot of people think of and you find out that she's also had like anger problems in the past so she um is a flawed person but um you know we love her anyway and then judy is the complete opposite she's very warm she's kind of i get kind of like a hippie-ish vibe from her she's very sweet um she loves people and uh like allison said she tries really hard to become friends with jen and jen is very reluctant at first but after you know they spend some time together they even like smoke weed together and um there's this hilarious scene where they're um they're watching tv out in jen's backyard um yeah keep in mind they're loaded and i mean she's a real estate agent in laguna beach you know she sells million dollar homes of course she's loaded so she has a beautiful backyard where they're just sitting and drinking wine and watching tv and um judy says like you know you really should um like meditate <laughs> to you know kind of work through your work through your problems and she goes oh i meditate in my own way and then it cuts to the scene where she's like jamming out to like like hardcore metal music and it's so funny and judy's just looking at her like uh, okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah they established this really sweet friendship and you know uh jen's calling her you know every night and they fall asleep on the phone together you know she's really found somebody that understands what she's going through and it is very therapeutic for her Mm -hmm. and uh it comes to light that judy is actually um lying about it (laughs) oh she's lying about a lot (laughs) she's lying about a lot of things and uh in the in the grief group um you know jen kind of outs her and says uh her fiance's not dead he left her and uh, Judy kind of plays it off saying like, well, I'm, re- I'm really grieving. I'm really sad. What actually happened is that we were together and he broke up with me because I couldn't have a baby or they had so many miscarriages and whatnot. And Jen finds out that Judy is actually homeless. And despite her being super angry, Jen being super angry at Judy for making up you know that her fiance died and kind of lying about it and making up these stories about their life um she still values her as a friend which i i was kind of shocked that yeah she was still that jen was still so trusting of judy she invites judy to come and live in the pool house where um ted ted jen's deceased husband lived and had all of his music and musical instruments and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so judy kind of moves in much to the disappointment of 
Jen's older son, Charlie. Mm -hmm. And you find out in the very first episode that um, we don't know all of the details, but Judy is probably responsible for Ted's death. Again, we find out that he was killed in a hit and run while he was out running early in the morning. Um, And I mean, there's no witnesses. There was no evidence. um, And Jen spends a lot of time throughout the episodes, you know, working with with uh, investigators and the police. Like, you aren't doing anything. Like, you we need help. And you're, I feel like we're just kind of at a dead end. And have you given up on this case? Which, like, to be fair to you know the investigators in a case like that, you know, it's really hard to mm-hmm. pinpoint who it was. But you find out that Judy was involved. And we don't really know too much yet, but we do know that she had a uh, a nice classic car, and she's hiding it in a uh, a storage unit, and that's where we kind of kind of put two and two together. Like, oh shit, she was she is the reason why Ted's dead, mm-hmm. and I think that's a really bold move for the very first episode, but it definitely keeps you in. Over the course of the next nine episodes, uh, the plot kind of unfolds. Uh, Judy works for like a, a nursing home, and she's really close with um, this older man named Abe, who I love, um, kind of confides in him. Jen's mother-in-law is very overbearing, apparently. You can kind of assume that she never liked Jen. She's also a very religious woman. Jen is not, and so they kind of bump heads on a lot of things. Um, they want to celebrate Ted's 50, what it would have been his 50th birthday and Jen's like oh no 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 you can't plan anything because I'm planning this big party and they just have this little get together to and again Charlie the oldest son is like why are we doing this I don't want to do this they have this plan to put messages to Ted in these balloons and release them into uh, the atmosphere hopefully he you know gets them on the other side and Judy puts in her note like it's all my fault I'm so sorry and then there's a scene at the end of that episode, I, I honestly don't know which one it was, that a, one of the balloons comes back, and I immediately was like, oh, oh shit, no, it's the balloon, and it ended up being the one from Charlie, like, I miss playing video games with you, and um, but it kind of gets you for a second, like, you constantly think throughout, like, when is Jen going to find out, you know, they're so close, and you want to be so mad at Judy, because she's... You know, and I, I think about it just like from my perspective, I'm a horrible liar. Like I could never get away with something like this. Judy coming into Jen's life is all by design. She knows exactly who she is and she thinks, okay, well, if I'm guilty for this, um, the least I can do is is get into her, her life and try to help her heal and try to help her feel better um, against the advice and wishes of her ex-fiance, who is alive, yep. uh, Steve who is played by James Marsden. And the two of them uh, kind of go back and forth uh, in a relationship, um, but mostly to try and cover up their involvement in Ted's death. Yeah, you find out uh, that Steve was there too. He was also in the car. Judy was driving, but Steve was there. And throughout each episode, they reveal just like a little bit more about what happened that night. Um like, you know, first you find out that Judy was there, then you find out that Steve was there. And, um, and I think that, you know, the, the miscarriages thing that, that is true. Uh, I think Judy said she had like five miscarriages and, you know, that can, that can tear up a couple. And I think that was obviously part of it. And then the other part of them not being together anymore was, you know, being a part of something so awful and, you know, 
harboring this secret together has got to be hard on a on a relationship as well. And then you also find out that Steve's kind of an asshole. And he's really awful to Judy. And Jen is just trying to be a really good friend by saying, you know, you don't need him. Like, he's he's an asshole. Like, he's a douchebag. While at the same time, she's also trying to get him to sell his house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a lot of uh, conflicting storylines here. But, um, but yeah, Steve and Judy are just trying to cover everything up as best as they can. They're dismantling the car that I guess he had bought her. And um, he has this plan to basically tear the car apart because if there's no car, there's no crime, there's no evidence. And Mm -hmm. um, so he has a plan to basically take parts of it to different junkyards Mm -hmm. to... uh, to In Mexico. Three different junkyards in Mexico, so it's impossible to trace. But the plot thickens when... Jen and Judy go on a retreat with their little healing group. Yes. They go to Palm Springs. There, um, Jen meets... Uh, his name is Steve... Or no, his name's Jason. Sorry, the Jason. actor's name is Steve Howie. He plays um, Kevin in... And Shameless. Shameless. I love Kev. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> so, um, you know, they go on this, tri- on this trip. Jen tries to hook up with this guy, but Judy meets this gentleman at uh, Carry On Oki, which I think is one of the best <laughs> puns of the show. Um, she, she meets this guy, Nick, who um, is there because his partner uh, died in, um, on duty. They're both cops. Um, yeah. Nick, however, has been on leave. He's part of the the police force in Santa Ana and Judy and Nick become close and Judy enlists Nick's help in trying to find whoever it is that killed Ted. And um, Jen is really happy about this because she is dissatisfied with the work that the Laguna PD has done. And, um, you know, it helps them not only in helping to try and uncover some pieces of the puzzle particularly with the car um nick also helps in um trying to i guess you would say scare straight jen's older son charlie Mm -hmm. and um one of the the big moments i suppose uh for me in the show is they have a list of all of the people in the county in the area that have uh mustangs because they come to find out or they you know they find out at a at a program they talk to a girl who actually found ted's body which was jen's younger son's uh classmate who's in what second or third grade Mm -hmm. little girl and she had actually taken a piece of the headlight from the crime scene she's demented this little girl is (laughs) but they're able to match it to the make and model of the car in 1967 mustang i think and um you know naturally Judy has a 1967 Mustang. She's reg- it's registered to her. So their whole idea of dismantling the car doesn't work, which they're stupid. Obviously, if they have a car registered to them, you'd have to sell it or get rid of the deed or whatever. Right. So <clears throat> in the <clears throat> where am I going with this? In doing that, you know, Judy, she does end up um, you know, trying to, you know, giving Steve the heads up. Hey, they know about the car. We need to get rid of it. you got to play it off, etc. But Nick is actually the one who discovers that Judy has the car. He does go to the Laguna PD and says, hey, 
Judy and Steve are involved in this. You know, this is after Judy breaks up with Nick because she's trying to get back together with Steve. Right. Steve actually has a girlfriend, all this stuff. And um, they don't have evidence. But, um, you know, in one of the final episodes, I think that episode nine, um, Judy finally admits to Jen. You know, Jen is crying and she's so angry and she says, it's my fault that... Well, that's actually, we kind of forgot a huge plot point what did i forget we did forget that um ted jen's husband actually was having an affair oh yeah she finds out um in one of the first few episodes what happens is uh with the balloon see what had happened was what has happened was (laughs) when when jen finds that balloon that says i miss my dad playing video games with me you know, she says, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to play, I don't know if it was Dungeons and Dragons Something, or whatever. Some one online of those game, games. yeah. And she gets a message that's like, hey, you're back. I've missed you. And then it gets very explicit very quickly. Yeah. And she's like, oh, shit, there's... And what is her name? Isn't it Candy or something? This, like, young girl. Young, young girl. They end up finding out that she works at... Um, a restaurant um, because basically Jen's pretending to be Ted. This woman, this girl obviously doesn't know that Ted is dead. And um, which is so surprising. You think that'd be on the news? Like she would know or she's just that dumb? She was like 19. Anyway, so they go to the restaurant where she's a waitress and um, just, you know, Judy and Jen hanging out, not trying to ambush the girl, but um, finding out basically just through talking to her that they this affair has been going on for over a year and how he told candy i, I think is her name and i apologize if i'm wrong it's it's something like that and uh, you find out that uh he told her that um his wife had died from breast cancer so and that's another thing too is jen actually she didn't have breast cancer but she had a double mastectomy because it must have run in her family or something and she wanted to beat it before you know it had a chance to to you know get to her i guess and that's a that's a plot point as well towards the end. But, you know, Jen's furious and she even makes a point of saying like, oh, I'm glad he's dead, um, which kind of makes Judy feel a little bit better about the situation. Like, oh, maybe I did her a favor, you know, like their marriage wasn't as good as they thought. And um, but of course, you know, that doesn't really change the fact that she still murdered him unintentionally. Um, and then um, that also kind of comes up with his mother, Ted's mother, Jen's mother-in-law, Lorna. Um, Lorna, that she, he had apparently called her the night that he died. She didn't answer, and she felt all this guilt about it. But she knew that things weren't as good as, as Jen thought they were. As it, you know, it appeared on the surface, and um, they had had a fight that night, Jen and Ted, and uh, she screamed at him, um, you know, I never want to see you again basically over I don't know maybe like the last year of their marriage things were falling apart and uh and this is where Jen is you know sitting outside and she's you know she's crying and she's very emotional and she doesn't really get this you know emotional until this episode I think it's episode nine when she's confiding in Judy and she's like it's all my fault that he is dead I pushed him away and he you know resented me after I'd had my double mastectomy and she um, says, you know, he didn't love me. He didn't want to touch me. And, yeah. And he wanted to leave. And he ran out because she had hit him. And he was wearing, like, tennis shoes when he was, quote, unquote, out running. Yeah. He was wearing vans, not running shoes. And she says, you know, it's my fault. He's dead. And that's when Judy confesses that that she was the one who did it. And Jen is obviously upset. Um, and she's at, like, an open house. She ends up... Um, actually getting fired from her uh, real estate uh, t- 
team, her partner is basically like, I can't work with you. You know, you're kind of crazy and have all these anger issues. Like she has this outburst at one of their open houses. And um, so he kind of just cuts her loose. So she starts working with Lorna and they're doing this open house. Judy shows up and Jen's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like you need to leave. And Judy's just like, what can I do to help you? And you know, trying so hard to make things right. But, you know, in a situation like this, like, how are you going to make it right? You really can't. And um, the last episode is is crazy because uh, you find out that Steve has been basically, like, embezzling money. He has all of these. He's a money launderer. Yes, a money, money launderer. And he has all these, you know, offshore accounts. And Judy knows this. She knows how much money he has. They have a joint account. She clears the account, writes a check, gives it to Jen, and it's like, I don't even know how much money, a lot. And uh, Steve finds out, he goes to confront Jen at her home. And um, he's like, I'm looking for Judy. You know, she, uh, you know, basically like stole my money. And they're both kind of like, oh yeah, like Judy's kind of a crazy person because, and then uh, Jen finds out that Steve was a part of, of killing Ted, you know, in a, in a, kind of like oh she told you and you know kind of that kind of way he didn't really say it out loud but she puts two and two together and then we there's a little flashback again we see little bits of the accident and we reveal more information as the show goes on but by the end we find out that it was steve that said drive like go we're gonna leave this man behind and he's the reason why it was a hit and run judy wanted to stay wanted to call 911 she wanted to see if he was okay and it was steve who said drive so while she was behind the wheel we kind of, you know, see throughout the show that, you know, Judy's a good enough person. She wouldn't have just let somebody die. Mm-hmm. Steve's the bad guy, really. And we know that um, from a one moment when she's talking to Nick that the crime was not hitting him and killing him, per se. It was the running part, right. the fleeing the scene of a crime. Um, and, you know, as Jen and Steve are having this confrontation um, you know, Judy is trying to leave and get the heck out of Jen's life because Jen said the, the thing, what you can do is get out of my life and never talk to me again. Mm-hmm. And that's when the phone rings. Yes. Jen says, I need you to come here. And we find out that Jen shot Steve. And that's how the first season ends. It uh, definitely gives a lot of open doors for uh, season two and what could happen. And how what are they going to do now you know like how are they going to uh you know cover this up now they have another crime they have to cover up together and Mm -hmm. and it's a kind of a mutually assured destruction now they are both privy to one another's murders crimes you know kind of um unintentional killings you know jen has jen was told by one of her neighbors that said um oh, if you tell somebody to leave your house and they don't, you can kill them. Right. Which is, you know, actually not a law consistent in California. But Jen uses that as kind of like her, I think when she's she's holding the gun at Steve and says, get out of my house, she is thinking, if I tell somebody to leave and I shoot him, you know, because her neighbor told her yeah, that. So right. um, it's a fascinating story. Um, lots of twists and turns, crazy storylines and... Um, just the way that these two women came into their life, you know, uh, Judy inserts herself into Jen's life is, um, insane. 
she is an insane person. She is. She's a good person, but, but she's she, an insane person. She does it for <laughs> she does it for what she thinks is is a good reason. She um I don't get the sense that she is a criminal. You know, she she did want to go back, but she's gotten caught up in a, a mistake that she made and now she's not doing the not being served justice or whatever in the sense of you know by the law but she's trying to repair and repay um jen and her family in whatever way she she can attempt to right and i just love the dynamic between these two actresses i don't think they've ever done anything together before and they bounce off of each other so well again you know they're contrasting uh characters are so fun to watch and um I just really love Christine Applegate in this role. I think that she is so, so different from anything I've ever seen with her in it. She's just so, just like, just like tough woman. And she's so just like, she doesn't care if she hurts your feelings. And I love that. I love her personality. Um, And I just think that she does such a good job in this role. And um, honestly, I mean... She's definitely famous for a lot of things. Um, probably the the show that got her famous was Married with Children. One of my favorite shows of all time. But so I, I, the first thing I saw her in was Anchorman, you know. Which she, you know, that that movie was written and produced by Will Ferrell, Adam McKay, which also do this show as well. Yeah. So it's really cool. Um, kind of comes full circle. Yeah, they've worked together, and you don't really think that Will Ferrell or Adam McKay would be the type of um, writers, producers that would get involved with a show like this, but Liz Feldman is uh, is the writer of the show, and um, she actually, uh, in researching this, she was a writer and a performer on All That. Really? On Nickelodeon, which she started, she got on that in 1995 when she was 18 years old. Hold on. Let me look this woman up. What is her name? Uh, Liz Feldman. I feel like that name sounds familiar. That's so Um, funny. She went to Boston University. She did The Second City, which if you're unfamiliar, Second City is kind of like a comedy. Oh, okay. Workshop that SNL pretty much gets all of their people from. Um, so it's in Chicago. So, um, pretty much everyone who is on SNL has come from second city, um, in one way or another. So, um, you know, she worked on all that. So she has known like Keenan and Kel, she's known Amanda Bynes. She's worked with, um, all of those, you know, Drake Bell, all of the, all Mm -hmm. those guys on all that, which is super, super fun. Um, and she has written for a ton of television shows, like, um, you know, Two Broke Girls. She was a writer on Ellen DeGeneres show and she won four Emmy Awards for her writing on um, the Ellen show. Wow. And um, she's also doing um, a show or did a show on NBC called One Big Happy. And um, she also has a YouTube show. She nice. um, talks about, um, I guess you would say like LGBT plus issues. Um, but she is brilliant, this woman who wrote this show, um, with all these other creators that are kind of on it. Um, it's a, a really, um, like, it has a lot of star power behind it, this show does. It does. And I have to say, like, I think the writing in the show is fantastic. It's so smart. It's, and it's very, again, you know, I say this all the time. We love, you know, we love girl power on the show. And there's so many moments of just, like, just there would be a line and I'm like yes I 100% agree with that there's a 
a part where Steve calls Judy crazy and Jen's talking to Judy about it. And she's like, you know, what? I hate when men just like call women crazy just when they disagree with us or they think that, you know, we're wrong and we're just suddenly crazy. And there's a lot of lines like that, um, which I absolutely love. I thought the show did such a good job of you can always tell when a show is written by a woman or women. And I think that they did a great job of that without being, you know, preachy or, you know, over the top. Like it was still very funny. I feel like anyone can watch the show and think it's funny and not be like, oh, there's too many girls in yeah. here, you know. But what's great about it too is about um, half and half of the right, like the writing is half female, half male. Oh. And then most of the directors of each episode are women. That's awesome. Um, I mean, there's the two main stars are women and, you know, James Marsden has a smaller but recurring role on it. So I think it's really exciting and important that they have, um, you know, other women involved in a show like this because, I mean, it's it's about women and it's about the dynamic. It's not only about, you know, grief and friendship, but it's also the struggles of, of raising children, right. the struggles of dealing, you know, being a single mother. Infertility. And infertility, trying to um, care for your family as a woman, the struggles that you have with, gosh, I guess you would say your mother-in-law and, you know, becoming friends with other women as you as you get older and even sometimes in ways dating as you get older there's a Mm -hmm. lot of um you know mature female topics in the show sprinkled in with some really hilarious hilarious moments I think you know this is one of those shows that for me if I cannot get on board in one episode I probably won't finish it now saying that I did have a hard time getting through Parks and Rec, but it's kind of a universal opinion that the first season of Parks and Rec is not very good. No. Um, so I, I don't think I'm alone there that the first season kind of turned me off a little bit and then I and then it grew on me. But this is one of those shows, and I feel this way about like Breaking Bad, where the very first episode I was like, this is going to be a good show and I'm going to keep watching it. And every episode ends with a good cliffhanger yeah. and ends with, I feel like... Um, revealing another part of the story, uh, another portion of the flashback or uh, uh, something dramatic. And um, it's a great way. I love, thank God they're all the episodes are available at once. So you can just skip to the right one because it's so intriguing in every, you know, in, in 10 episodes, the story develops so much. You don't even really think that they are going to be able to, figure out the make of the car that actually hit them Mm -hmm. you don't think that judy and steve are gonna hook up and get back together and she might actually be pregnant they have a lot of great um you know plot lines or you know different dramatic points that really keep the story moving along and you don't really i didn't really feel like it dragged no in any any part because they add so many different elements and so many layers to the show other than just a woman's husband gets killed and then the woman who did it tries to befriend her there's all these other things that come into it exactly and I think for a show like this um we've talked about this in one of our earlier episodes um that I'm so impressed with Netflix and their original content they're really stuffing it up there's some awful shows that they have on there and especially in the beginning but um they've been really doing a good job of of coming up with 
with new, very fresh, original content that, it, you know, gains quite a following. And the more I've read about this show, a lot of people do like it. And they're like, you know, they're going to cancel it in two seasons because I feel like that happens. You know, like I've talked about Santa Clarita Diet. They pulled that show after three seasons, which made me really upset. Um, And they do that a lot with really good Netflix shows. They'll, you know, they always say, you know, to, you know, quit while you're ahead with with tv you don't want to be on so long to the point where it's like oh god when is it going to be over um but still i mean there's like especially santa clarita diet i feel like there's so much more story to tell but with this like i i don't know if it's 100 percent certified that they're getting a second season i think it is but i mean they have to at this point because i mean there's so much left to be told and mm-hmm. obviously you know the aftermath of steve being killed and um you know uh Jen's kids and kind of what happens to them because there's an episode where you know they're really both of her sons are struggling with the loss of their father and the youngest son uh Henry he also um has like kind of how he deals with it is he um thinks that his dad is visiting him as a bird you know this bird comes and wakes him up every morning his father used to wake him up every morning and um and that's another thing too is I just feel like this show has a beautiful way of depicting grief in different ways um you know like losing your father at such a young age he's probably eight or nine and how he's dealing with it in this way and then you also find out that he's becoming very controlling in school like he has this outburst during a like a performance because they're not singing it right. And then Charlie, obviously being a little bit older is uh, acting out in different ways. He's selling drugs. He, um, they find that he has a gun on him. I think it's his father's gun. Um, when they do the, you know, the scared straight, Nick finds, they're really just looking for the drugs and it's, he finds a gun he's like, well, where did you get this? And then it's like, okay, like this is real now. We're not just fucking with you. Like what's going on? You know, there's so many different ways when you lose somebody, how you handle it. I think the show does, they had to have done some really good research to write it this well, because, you know, from three different perspectives, a spouse and two um, offspring of somebody who's passed away, especially in a violent way. I think they did such a great job of depicting how, how people deal with that. And how so many things change after someone passes. I mean, Jen knows, but we don't know uh, at first that their marriage was, you know, less than perfect. And she is so sad and she is so angry. Um, and, and no marriage is going to be perfect, but we come to find out that, you know, Ted and Jen's relationship was a lot more rocky and that Ted was a lot worse than Jen kind of thought. I mean, yeah. he was having an affair he for a, a year, year and a half. And um, he was, you know, doing all these things. Um, behind her back yet he was an amazing and incredible father so you know she mourned in that way but so many things change and and so many different um things can develop and you can learn so much more about a person even after they die it's uh interesting how they portray jen and how her feelings and her her sadness and she goes through all this the different stages of grief um not only just grieving the loss of her husband but the way that he betrayed her and kind of lied to her, it adds, like I said, another element to mm-hmm. the stress of of all of this for her. I can't even imagine, like, just think about that. You know, your husband or your wife dies, obviously heartbreaking, you know, earth-shattering event. Whether it was, you know, a murder or natural causes, whatever. 
And then finding out that they were cheating on you for a year and then lied about you and said, oh, my wife or my husband's dead. Like, I can't even imagine, like, the pain. Like, you're still so upset. And that person that died isn't even there <laughs> you to... Can't, you can't confront them about it. You yeah, can't... You, you can't be angry. It, it's hard to be angry at them and be sad that they're gone. It's such a, a weird mix of emotions. And then trying to keep it all together. On top of that, keep it all together for your kids who right. lost their dad. Um, it's it's a really compelling show and um, you know I, I like the way I love the way that it's written in that you know we know Judy did this thing and it's so awful and we're like oh my god we hate Judy she's so terrible because she, she was involved in this hit and run but also she is so genuine and she you come to love her because she really loves and cares about Jen mm-hmm. and about about her family and the you know she she works in this elderly home. She works with these older people. And so you know that she is a good and a kind-hearted person. And she was kind of at the wrong place, the wrong time. Yeah. And you end up rooting for, you know, I I like those shows or those movies that give you kind of, make you kind of conflicted where, um, you know, my favorite thing of all time is Harry Potter. And people see Snape as kind of this evil person. But you're also rooting for them this quote-unquote evil person like you know judy killed this guy but you're happy for her and you you want things to be good for her because even though she made this mistake you know she's she's trying to remedy it and do it all the right things and i like shows that do that that make you kind of question your morals in a way or make you kind of you know think about different facets of a character and does the good outweigh the bad etc and that's how you know it's a well-written character because nobody's perfect and when you have these like flawless characters nobody can relate to that I mean I mean I've never hit run (laughs) but (laughs) but you know I can relate to Judy and I can relate to Jen and I can you know relate to uh you know the kids even just um on you know a very basic level and they're all flawed which um, again, bringing up Breaking Bad. I bring up Breaking Bad all the time because it's an amazing show. Um, and, uh, you know, Walter White is a horrible person, but we kind of root for him a little bit, you know? And it's obviously not the same because I think Judy is a good person, which again, like you said, Allison, wrong place, wrong time, and just kind of got herself involved in a really big mess. Um, but yeah, that's when you can tell that it's a well-written character that you know that they've done wrong or they could be even just a horrible person or a murderer or whatever, but you still like the character. I think that that's really good writing. And I'm really excited to see, hopefully we do get a season two soon. This is what sucks about streaming shows is you watch the whole thing right away and then you're just stuck waiting for the next season. So Mm -hmm. I really hope it comes soon. I hope it is renewed. Um, again, I don't think there's anything that says it's a definite season two, as far as I know. Yeah, I don't know. And, um, I saw actually yesterday on Twitter, Christina Applegate tweeted, she said, what's your favorite episode? Um, tell me about it. But I mean, this took a toll on her, you know, it's reported that she actually did Christina Applegate herself have a, uh, bilateral mastectomy to combat breast cancer. And so she had the same thing. So, um, you know, that was obviously a big impact on her. And she went to therapy after the show because it really kind of dredged up some some tough personal really? topics for her. Hmm. 
Yep. And uh, so we'll see. I think, you know, from what Christina has said online that I, you know, she's kind of on board for it. Um, It's a great story. And I think it's been really well received. I enjoy, I really enjoy seeing shows um, like this and that it's strong women. They are not damsels in distress. You know, they don't really need, um, you know, men to come and save the day. In fact, they need the other woman in their life to help them come and save the day. And so I really, really like that. And there's not enough shows out there like that with these strong female leads that are not only beautiful, they're smart and they're older. You know, um, Christina Applegate and and, uh, Lynn... uh, Linda, oh <laughs> Linda Cardellini are both in the show in their 40s and in real life they are in their 40s. You know, they Christina has obviously been around for a long time and some people may say that she's a has-been, but I think she is really coming into um, a great role and this is like a new era in her acting. You know, she's hilarious mm-hmm. and she's played a lot of uh, comedic roles, but her being, um, you know, this kind of dark comedy and, you know, she's been in the game for so long I think it's a really great role from her for her and mm-hmm. I think that having another season of this or a couple seasons of this with these two ladies um you know is great I especially love Linda she is fabulous she's wonderful they're both great and like I said you know they play really well off of each other and I think um you know Linda's been in a lot recently we reviewed Green Book a while back she was um she was in that First thing um, I remember seeing her in was Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> she played Velma. Love that. Um, and I think Christina actually was like, not retired, but like semi-retired from like acting mm-hmm. or at least like tele, she hasn't been in a television series in a long time. Um, so I'm really happy that she, she took this, this role and she did a fabulous job. Both girls did, both women did. I shouldn't say girls. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens next with this show. Um, so let's get into our review. Let's see. Um, I think I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. Um, I, it's it's not that I don't think it's perfect. Like I, I did. I really have a hard time finding anything wrong with this show. Um, but I think just the 4.5, just for, um, you know, the, the writing's excellent. The story is great. The acting is great. Um, I think maybe the only slight problem I had with it was maybe maybe too much going on at times I guess um there are again like I said Abe the the older gentleman I wish we had learned more about him and then we find out he dies and that was really sad um you know I wish we had learned more about you know Lorna's uh relationship with with Ted um and you know maybe why she hated uh Christina so much or not Christina Jen so much um again things that can be answered in season two so I really don't have any problem like big problems with it at all um but I did really enjoy it I think it's wonderful awesome I am going to give this one mm, I'm gonna give it a four out of five Um, I really think the writing is incredible. I'm super happy to, um, you know, I'm already a fan. And then hearing that it was created by women, it stars two wonderful women, 
with a lot of uh, production and directorial involvement with um, both men and women pretty equally makes me really happy. I thought, um, you know, James Marsden did an excellent job in this show. I was really, really happy to have him involved and the kids were great and just the the realness and the reality and um, of it. Um, you know, the fact that Jen is a, a working mom and her husband was a stay-at-home dad. They didn't highlight that as much as I thought they should have, but I liked, mm-hmm. really liked that element of it. Um, I, the, my complaint is that it was in such an upper-class ritzy neighborhood area, I guess. Um, I mean, that is what it is. That's how they're going to set it, set it up. Um, just some parts of it seemed a little bit unrealistic as far as, yeah. you know, how much money was Jen was making. I feel like there was a couple of plot holes there, but overall, I think this was cast excellently. Um, you know, Christina Applegate, like I said, we said married with children. She is hilarious and she plays a ditz kind of an anchorman. You know, she is also this strong woman who is, you know, wooed, but she's, she's smart and she's intelligent and she's funny and she plays that character really well. She is, um, very, um, brash and aggressive and a little cold and angry but also incredibly sad and she shows her um you know extreme emotions really well and I love Linda Carlini I think that um, she's gorgeous and she played it really well and I would be very pleased very happy to see a season two to see what else these two um you know ladies come up with and who else might be um you know, cast in this show since James Marsden is gone and some of the other relationships have kind of broken down. Um, You know, maybe there's somebody else that gets introduced into it. With the the really good reviews that they've had, I bet that there's going to be some um, additional um, actors or actresses that sign on to this project because I think it's a really good one. And I'm very surprised, not surprised, I'm very happy with um, Netflix picking up a show like this. Me too. And I just hope that, you know, if there is a season two, there's always a lot of, um, like, hype for a second season of a show. And, you know, if it's going to live up to the first one, I think that this show definitely could. There's always that fear that it won't. Um, but I think, you know, just with how season one ended, that huge cliffhanger, mm-hmm. there's, and not there's that so it's much all, more to be told. Not that it's all mystery or drama. There's so many funny moments in it, mm-hmm. too. And I caught myself laughing out loud watching it. I actually watched most of it when I was on vacation with my family. And we spent a lot of time in the car. And I'm watching it on my iPad and just like literally LOLing to the point where my family's like, oh my God, what are you watching? It must be hilarious because it takes a lot for me to laugh out loud right. for a show. But um, yeah, I'm really, I think we're both really, really happy with this. Yeah. Um, so as always, you guys, let us know what you thought of this one. I know a lot of you have watched this. I definitely think this is right up our uh, Traveler's Alley. I think this is something that you guys would enjoy. So let us know what you think of this one. And um, as always, again, give us some suggestions for new content. Um, we actually have quite a list of shows and movies that we want to watch over the summer and review for you. But we're always open to adding new stuff um, to the list especially if it's something that 
that you guys want us to review. We'll yeah. definitely get it in there. And uh, before we go, I just wanted to bring up one little thing. I think I will be here for one more episode, <laughs> and I'll be taking a small break. Um, so Allison will be kind of taking over the show with um, with uh, – I, we're not sure yet. Um. Several guest hosts. But <laughs> yes. that being said, if you are a person who, you know, one of our travelers or um, even a nurse or another healthcare employee that's been listening to these and you really like it, if you happen to be coming through Omaha sometime in the summer, you want to be on here, I would love to do that. Because, Absolutely. Uh, I could talk for 45 minutes <laughs> by myself about a show, <laughs> but I think that the only person that would listen to it is me because I'm a narcissist. <laughs> so um, that being said, if you have a show or a movie or something that um, you would like to do, let us know. Additionally, we um, you know, we did our wine country mm-hmm. crossover last week and we posted a little video of us watching it and it's hilarious. Um, if you haven't seen Jamie and I in person, it's pretty funny. <laughs> and then we also have our great group of people from Wino. So um, definitely check that out and we will see you or hear from you on the next episode. Have a good one guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye.